Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing WandaVision Season 1, Episode 3, now in color. All that and your feedback and more right after this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What is happening, Jeff? It's morning. It, it is. It's morning all morning. It, it is. It's morning. It is too early. I drove 10 hours yesterday and I feel uh, exhausted, but I'm here Did for this. Did you sleep after that? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I literally drove 10 hours, crashed on my bed, woke up and watched WandaVision. So I just feel like bleary eyed, you know, like I still feel like the highway lines are running at me. Right, right. I feel you probably should have parked the car and then instead laid down in the bed instead no, of crashing into I it. I crashed into it. Crash <laughs> into bed, baby. D&B? Well, let's introduce our fantastic producer, yeah. Mr. Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. I uh, woke up a little bit earlier than I expected this morning, but it was fun. It was good, good to watch you guys and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, man, Absolutely. Um, well, let's, uh, let's get into WandaVision episode three, which is why we're here after all. Uh, I thought you just wanted to hang out <clears throat> and have a great day. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. This, I thought we were just hanging out. Uh, uh work to do. <laughs> so first thing I feel like is, is important to say about this episode. Uh, spoiler alert. I don't, <laughs> I d- Spoiler, there has, three, two, one. We still know nothing. There's, well, that's the thing. We still know nothing. There's been a lot online about people saying that like those first two episodes didn't give us anything, and they're kind of frustrated with the fact that they didn't leave the world, you know, leave the world of Wanda's vision, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't feel that way. The first two episodes, I was like, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I right, feel right. like even me and and some of the people we were live live watching it with were are starting to feel like, okay, let's get to some stuff. Let's get to some. Uh, let's get to the sword content. Let's know what's going on in the outside world. And like, right. I've really enjoyed it so far. Don't get me wrong. And I think this episode was another really wonderfully done '70s pastiche sitcom thing. Uh, and it it made me feel like I was watching something I grew up on for real. Like it felt yep. so much like all the jokes are perfect. They nail the sort of like seventies vibe that they're going for like really, really well. Yep. But I am, I even me, the diehard and all the people watching with us, which mostly are diehard are starting to be like, all right, but can we know what's going on yet? <laughs> Yeah, right. Can we can we get into the story? Yeah. And part of it the part that's frustrating is this probably would have felt really crazy and exciting when she when when, when he um, spoiler alert again, when they throw Monica out uh, when she throws Monica out and sword runs up. Like that would have been a crazy thing if we hadn't already known it for months. You know what I mean? Right. If we weren't <laughs> expecting that. That that was in the trailer. I kind of feel like, yeah, like that was in the trailer and we saw uh, in the trailer Monica flying away, you know, with like being shrouded in Wanda's power uh, in that outfit and landing outside in that outfit. Yeah. And so like the whole episode this time, I'm like, well, okay, when's it going to crack? When's the, right. when's the other shoe going to drop? Because here it comes, you know, we're, we're about to see her get thrown out, but then we didn't actually get to see her thrown out. Yeah, we didn't, uh, it cut away, which I, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I feel like at this point, there's not much else from the trailer that I don't know. So I'm hoping this next episode, it's it's nine episodes. We've had three. The next three are about to start. I'm hoping they're going with like a three act structure and that like the next three episodes will be something different because we've seen some clips from uh, further in the future television shows like the Modern Family set and the Roseanne set. But we haven't seen much other than that on the outside world. So I'm hoping that these next few episodes, we really get some stuff we're not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't know what to expect. <laughs> uh, you gotta read Sorry. a book. What to expect when you're expecting, right? 
No, 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 no. It's um, in if you go look at like anything online uh, on YouTube, like all the comments for any of the WandaVision trailers and stuff is just repeating what Wanda says. We just don't know what to expect. Mm. Like, because all of the trailers had that all of the any kind of teasers had that in there. Oh, really? And I don't think I think it was that Marvel was telling us you shouldn't know what to expect or you don't know what to expect. Because right. This is such a crazy show. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the the thing that you just said about the three-act structure really helps to kind of uh, make this more okay, because I was very frustrated at the end of this episode. Like, damn it, we... Ah! <laughs> but if you look at it in the, in the three-act structure, like, we just ended Act 1, and that was a great end to Act 1, where, you know, we see the veneer crack. You know, the, yeah. there's a shift, there's Absolutely. a change. That first episode was mind-blowingly good. Like the way the way right. the the sword the, that sword facility and showing someone watching it on TV was perfect. It was pitch perfect. But like, I needed the veneer to crack more each episode, and I and it is, but it very slowly, very it's slowly. A slow crack. Yeah. Very slow. It's like one of those you get in the windshield, and years later, it's like three inches longer. Like I feel like that's where we are. That's the kind of cracking we're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think I think in an, in a very near episode, possibly the next one, we're going to have a um almost like the 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 tracks episode or the the crash setup where we go back in time and kind of follow Monica Rambo into this world where like and end it at her being cast out. Yeah. There are some things that we feel like, I feel like they haven't shown us like the, the shot of someone coming into the world, which we've theorized might be Monica Rambo, Monica Rambo being thrown out. There's definitely parts of that we haven't seen. And so that all seems like maybe it would be a little more, um, a little more, a little more actively part of the outside world storyline. Like I could, I could absolutely see exactly what you're talking about. Like the next three episodes, what if they went back and told the story of the last three episodes from the outside world? Like that's what I, I would love something like that. I don't know that I would like that if it were to follow the same like timeline over the next three episodes. Cause I feel like we wouldn't get anywhere. Um, well, we might get tons of context, though. I agree. Probably three episodes would be too much. But like, I could see one episode where it's like, let's go back and retell the this whole thing from Monica's perspective or something like that. Right. You know, right. And that, that's what I feel like is going to happen on this next one is that it's going to be let's follow Monica and then end at. And I really don't want it to because then we still don't push the story forward. We just get more context on what's already happened from the other perspective, which I guess is fine. But yeah. Not like that would be that would be okay if we were to be binging this. If we were to be binging this, it'd be great, and that would be a really nice refresher, kind of help cleanse the palate, get ready for the next set of story. But since we're watching it week to week, it's like, damn it, I need I need more of this. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly how I what I was thinking during this is like. This show is really cool, but this particular format of show where you're you're dropping these like vignettes that don't seem to tie together and aren't really cracking the story behind it is a particularly hard thing to watch in week to week format. And you know how much I'm a proponent of the week to week format, and I am so here for WandaVision being week to weeks because we can have all the speculation, but I don't feel like we're getting much to speculate about. Uh, although, Not let's talk about the things we do get. Yeah. Um, I feel like the biggest thing we get here is I feel like we get a clear sense that Agnes and Herbert are working together. And that they are working against Monica. Mm. I got a, a, a good sense that Agnes and Herbert are working together. I, you know, I, do I want to extrapolate that into the rest of the town knows what's going on? And that everybody that was in the town already before Monica showed up? Like, do they know what's going on? And are they trying to, uh, to kind of try to help? get through this together and like, and, and get out of it or, you know, escape this reality that Wanda has created around them. Mm -hmm. Is that what's going on? Uh, or is it that 
is it that it's just Herbert and Agnes and they're like right. the ringleaders? Right. We don't know. We don't know if that doctor's in on it. We don't know if all these people are in on it. It's just, but, but something is weird. Like, and what does it mean that Herbert is cutting through the wall? What does that mean? You know, like it's, I <laughs> yeah, mean, it was clearly he's trying to break in in some way, like get into their little bubble of protection or whatever, whatever's going on around Wanda. He's trying to get to her. And uh, it's just really strange, though, because it seems like like Agnes is already on the other side of that wall. Like Agnes is already there. Does that mean Herbert is representing whoever she's trying to let in? Um, I don't think so. I think what's going on is, I mean, it could be, it could be that it's symbolism and that somebody is, uh, somebody is trying to cut through a barrier, right? Right. Yeah. Like the Mephisto thing that we've been talking about. But I think that it was also, or it was kind of a, um, like Herbert's kind of an animatronic, you know, like you set him to go on his automated process and he goes and vision just, Vision looked at it for too long and it kind of got stuck and like, mm. you know, he's cutting the bush with the hedge trimmer. Right. And then he just keeps going and keeps oh. going along that path. Like vision was supposed to look away. Interesting. Before Interesting. And for whatever reason, Herbert just kept cutting. Okay. But it's still yeah. the conversation between Agnes and Herbert seemed like Herbert was part of, a part of the entire thing, like a part of the conversation to be like, is wand in there, but she doesn't have a home. Like I'll have to go back and rewatch, but it seemed like Herbert was fully as involved as Agnes was in the uh, conversation. I don't know. Uh, I just want to jump in here, guys, if you don't mind, because we've gotten a lot of comments on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, Harmony harm is, is saying that um, I'm not convinced Herb is a deeper part of it. He still looks confused. He seemed he had like a no sudden movements kind of look. Uh, hmm. Captain McD says that I think some townspeople know they're stuck. But I think Herb would be in on with Agnes. And Waterfall Angel says, I think they know they're trapped to some extent. And Herb has wanted to say we're all trapped. And Agnes didn't want him to because she needs Wanda to stay her and create the babies or whatever the plan is. Mm. Which she did. Uh, the babies are created. Yeah. For the children. Yeah. This, if this world for is for the, the children, children, then it is. it has occurred. Now... So I feel like it's about, we're about to have a turn, uh, you know, yeah. or, or do the children need to mature? Is that the, is that the plan? You know what I mean? <laughs> Does it, do they have to hit their ninth birthday and then, uh, they get sacrificed to the elder demon devil rather? Is, is that what happens in the comics? Is it a ninth birthday thing? Oh no, that's a, that's a D and D reference. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I did not, do not, do not get the reference. You're not in the campaign. You wouldn't get it. No. <laughs> Nope, I would not. I'm in the campaign. I didn't get it. But yeah. <laughs> I feel better. Thank you. Thank you, West Fox. Uh, <laughs> so. Yes. The way that Agnes was saying, or the way that she was like shaking her head at, um, at Herb was kind of like, you can't tell, you can't tell. And it looked like she was scared. So like, I, I'm, I like the idea that she's trying to maintain this world for her master Mephisto, right? Like that's obviously the the route we're going, but seems like I, seems like a possible route we're going. Yeah, it seems like a it seems like a possible route, but it also like I kind of feel like maybe she was scared because um, if if the veneer cracks, if something happens to this world, and Wanda, you know, Wanda gets let in on. Uh, on the fact that they know, then everything gets reset because we've seen it. Bef- we've seen it before where things get rolled back. And even in this episode, there was a quick skip back a couple of seconds yeah. to where it got reset. So like if, you know, if, if that cracks and if, if, if they let Wanda know that they know, then Wanda's going to reset everything and they have to start all over trying to get out. Hmm. Okay, so in the, in this scenario, Agnes and Herbert are both trying to get out. Ah, uh, it might be. Or Herbert's trying to get out, and Agnes is, uh, you know, uh, tr- tr- just trying to keep the keep the world alive. Um, the the, the biggest could like, be both. The biggest thing we've talked about is like 
is this some sort of uh, the sword agents are trying to stop Wanda from being used by some deity or whatever? Or is this all like people being trapped by Wanda and Wanda is creating this world? That's the other thing. I guess, I guess these people could be townspeople who lived in Westview. Because uh, I believe the Westview sign was outside of It was the, outside the bubble. Yeah, it was outside the bubble. So that means Westview was already a town, which makes yep. me think that this is, you know, this world she's creating is on top of a town called Westview that she is remaking in whatever image she feels like. Well, yeah, it, uh, Westview, like the 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 phone number that was on the realty sign in the intro to episode one hmm. um, is a, a an area code in New Jersey. Westview is a town in New Jersey, right? Um, and then in episode two, they were saying that that guy with the bowling trophies got his he got his trophies from a Hackensack. yard in Hackensack. Yep. So, like, it's actually a town. Um, and I think that they did that just to, you know, to, to make it feel more like it's part of, you know, the world outside our window and everything. Um, right. And I think with that, like it's, it's a real town and it's, I feel more and more like it's Wanda has, you know, kind of in a way decided like, this is where I'm going to live and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make my world a, you know, a, a happy family. It's, I'm not going to, I'm shutting out the bad. It's only going to be good. You know, like those sitcoms mm-hmm. and she's kind of forcing everybody to also live in this happy world. And if you don't comply, then you get, if you don't, if you don't align with her vision, <laughs> you get thrown out. Yeah. She also, this episode, she recognized the sword symbol. At least she seemed to either from either from a previous maybe there's been previous well, that, was the, that was on the beekeeper's uniform. It was also on the airplane, so maybe that's and all. It was maybe on that's the all it is. helicopter. Like yeah, that's what I meant. Helicopter, uh, same thing. Um, <laughs> so I meant by that <laughs> flying not that flying machine. All uh, those things that fly are the same thing, right? Same same thing. Balloons, the dirigible. <laughs> 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 the Goodyear Ornithopter, you know, it's fine. I don't know what that is. The Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ornithopter, I remember those. O2, zero mana flying. Mm. Yep, yep. What Waterfall Angel points out that the area code, it doesn't link up to the exact location in New Jersey where the town of Westview is, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Like, anyone can... uh have a number from a town over cell phone number or whatever. Um, yeah. It's the realtor is somewhere else. Yeah. The real, that's true. The realtor is just from a town over or something. Griping aside, <laughs> we did get some of the, uh, some of the more tense things, some of the, like we got a lot of sitcom and a lot of silliness of the sitcom, but also there was some, you know, especially in the, in the later half of the episode, it got real intense, you know the the questioning from from Vision at Agnes and Herb, and Agnes was like, "I'm checking out of this, bye." Um, and at the same time, you know, Wanda talking to Geraldine, and like Geraldine bringing up Pietro got killed by Ultron, didn't he? Oh yeah, and that then was that huge. just being like, you know that that was like, what did you say? You know, you're you're bringing in that hurt. That pain, that anguish, how dare you? Yeah, it's really interesting. Geraldine seems to be a character who really is trying to get to the truth of things, but still seems to have a veneer of this world on her as well. And it isn't until Wanda starts to drop this world and starts to say something about Pietro and starts to talk about him that, like... It's like Geraldine sees that it's okay to talk about him. Yeah, or or Geraldine starts to like remember almost. She's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, Pietro, Ultron. You're Wanda. I'm a sword agent. I know you. Like it starts to like, um, starts to sort of come together for her. Um, so just just the mention of Pietro and old and mention of Ultron is so cool. And also, by the way, I loved it that uh, 
while watching this, you know, they always have a recommended movie afterwards. Ultron yeah, was the, the recommended, recommended movie. movie was yeah. Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. was pretty cool. Um, like, if you want to get that reference of somebody dying at the hands of Ultron, go watch this movie. <laughs> I feel like this show is like, it's, it's kind of all the rage right now. A lot of like shows are talking about it and entertainment television and stuff like that. And it's like, it's such a throwback thing. I feel like there's a lot of like older people who maybe have never watched a Marvel cinematic universe thing, but they're like, Oh look, it's a throwback to the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. And they're like, what's going on? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's really funny. It's like in many ways, who is this show for? Because like, if you're old enough to truly appreciate the Dick Van Dyke references, I mean, I, I do to some degree, I grew up on watching that stuff. A lot of us grew up watching TV land or whatever. Um, but if you grew up loving that stuff, like if you really grew up with that stuff, the likelihood that you're this deep on the MCU is pretty like limited. <laughs> and if it's you're pretty low. If you really love the MCU, uh, <laughs> what is, what's the likelihood that you're, like really deep on Dick Van Dyke or whatever, you know, it's, it's like a really funny balance. It's a weird effing show is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I am, I'm here for it. And I, I love the, I love the nature of it. Even though that I don't fully get all the references, I still feel like I do like all of it. Watching this episode, the seventies nature of it, the Brady bunch of it all, the humor felt super perfect. I felt like I'd seen it before. Like it felt like right. the kind of thing, you know, you watch the same episode over and over because they play in syndication. I felt like I could watch this episode over and over for comfort. You know what I mean? Like the sort of silly yeah. jokes and uh, like every scene is sort of funny in itself. Like you don't have to have any context. It's that, that yeah. form of television where you can just turn on the TV and you get everything that's going on, even though you don't know the backstory. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Like we're all, we're all familiar with the bumbling husband. Yeah, exactly. Who is not ready for the baby and like, Oh God, Oh God, I got to read every book. Uh, I have yeah. to. Uh, and then like the, <laughs> the, the breathing technique, like yeah. that's been a joke of every, every pregnancy arc in every show ever is the, <laughs> Like it's, it's weird breathing yeah. and, and you always have to point it out that it's weird breathing and how, how does that actually help? And you know, it's not working, it's not helping, but then it helps the husband. You know, it's always the joke yeah. that it helps the husband yeah. not freak out. Him doing the Lamaze breathing and lowering from the ceiling is a perfect, oh, yes. perfect seventies joke. It's so good. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. I absolutely. And, and I loved all the, um, all the special effects felt very much of the time, uh, like the Bionic Man, or somebody mentioned Bionic Man in the uh, in the chat, and it's totally right. Oh yeah, the Bionic Man running. Yeah, it, you know, it reminded me of um, if you remember in Jessica Jones, uh, the Wizard, the guy that was um, like yellow color or like the yellow color scheme that right. was super fast and then got killed. <laughs> the Wizard. Um, the Wizard. That, he's okay. So there's a little bit of a history to the wizard. Um, the, the character, I think his name was Robert Frank. Um, he was actually who raised Wanda and Pietro. Like he thought that, or they thought that he was their father and he actually was in original comics until they, they changed it. Um, and they, uh, they changed it to be that, Magneto was their their father, and like they just kind of got foisted off on him. Um, anyway, so and there was a there was a little statuette in the the cartoon opening of episode two that had a W on it and wings on and on it um, that was kind of reminiscent of the wizard. Uh, so there's like there's a little bit of that in there, and I it reminded me of the way that he ran in Jessica Jones. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so like I feel like there might be a, a touch on that or a a, a little bit of a callback a to, that. to that. That's cool. Yeah, a small nod. That's cool. I, I also want to point out, you know, in in comics, these two children are Wiccan and Speed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, yep. a, a magic user and a speedster, 
and uh, the things that they've been showing of their parents so far. Vision has a lot of other powers, but so far, most of what we've seen him do is just speed around the house during this episode, at least. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Harmony pointed out something interesting about that that I wanted to add right here now. And they wrote in, correct me if I'm wrong, but the focus on Vision's speed, isn't that more of a Quicksilver thing? I don't recall Vision having that kind of speed. Maybe she's merged the two of them a little bit in her grief. Oh, yeah. And I I just wanted to add to that because I I had a similar thought because it does seem like when they were mentioning the children, I kept wondering why Wanda wasn't ever thinking of Peter or Pietro as a name for the kids. The impression I got is that she had forgotten about Pietro until Geraldine mentions it. Hmm. Yeah, I had a brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said I was a twin. Or I am a twin. Hmm. Yeah, mm. that's a that's a good that's a really good call, guys. Um, yeah, mm. it's like she she kind of had to be reminded that she was a twin, and that's why she had twins. Yeah, well, uh, that, that that was that's great. Any uh, let's let's get to the chat. Uh, let's see if uh, we have any anything out there because it is early in the morning, and I know many brains make light work. So um, <laughs> let's see what everybody else has been saying about this episode. I feel like there's a lot of things we're probably haven't even touched on yet. Yeah, the, the chat has been very active so far. Yeah, what, what's some uh, key things they've been saying? Okay, so first of all, um, there was some talk about the commercials in Hydra. Oh, uh, right. Cap- Captain McD wrote in, the commercial, escape to your own world without leaving Hydra soak. Does this mean Hydra is alive and well? Do they have something to do with this? And on the similar topic, Nathaniel Milner wrote in, Wanda has history with Hydra, but they've already hinted to that in the commercial episode, too. Not sure what Hydra soak would, would symbolize. Mm. Well, I, I think it's, it's focusing on escape to your own world, and that's kind of what she's done here. Um, uh, but the, <laughs> the first thing that I think of when we're talking about soaking someone in Hydra was the guy in Civil War that um that Zemo was torturing, you know, trying oh, to gosh. get the yeah. mission report for December 16, 1991. He's just like upside down in the water, hell hydra. <laughs> yep. That is that's such a terrifying scene. That's a hydra soak right there. <laughs> that is a hydra soak. Uh that that was actually pretty funny. Like hydra soak and then cut to that shot. <laughs> little, yep. little fan edit. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There and I didn't really get much else out of that trailer except the hydra like of it all and hydra soak what does that mean are you submersed in hydra yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what the hydra soak means Ic- Ic- icarus 094 adds for the bee truthers which is just a phrase i, I had to say on there um, people use bee beeswax and or honey to make soap Ooh. Ooh. Good and there were a lot of hexes in the in the intro sequence. So many hexes, so many hexes in this episode. Uh, the it's very because beginning hexagons are the bestagons. <laughs> uh, no, you gotta watch that video. No, you have to watch the video. <laughs> By the way, speaking of this chat, if you're out there and you're listening to this on podcast form or video form on YouTube, we're doing this every Monday and Friday morning. Uh, Monday the or Friday the instant watch. Monday we're doing the feedback cast. And uh, you can join us on twitch.tv slash stranded panda TV. And we're doing this. So uh, let's get more, more and more from the chat. What you got, Matthew? So I was going to add just on that, that um, uh, Melissa, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Melissa had pointed out that this is the first time that Pietro was mentioned since Age of Ultron. In any way. His name has literally never come up. In the Interesting. Whole time. So yeah. I, I think there's something interesting to the idea that maybe Wanda has kind of, you know, it's a trauma response. You've kind of like, blocked it out with everything else that's happening. That's really interesting. And that really drives that point home. And if anyone else had said it, I might question it, but our trivia queen, Melissa Khalil, I do not question at all. I'm sure she is correct. This is the first time she's mentioned (laughs) Pietro. Um. Chase Hayes, who has written in for the first time, which is awesome. Thanks so much for joining the conversation. Yeah. They say, I've never written in. So this comment is about the first episode, but there's something very minor. I noticed that I don't know if anyone else has mentioned. When Wanda is cooking in the kitchen, the recipe note cards are flying in the air. It really reminded me of Tony and the holograms. It's super important. It might not even be the intention of this, but I thought it was the first, but I thought it was interesting to point out. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Now that's got me, that's got me like a theory, red stringing this thing. Where like, what if 
we get like in episode seven or eight or whatever, we get a flash of what she's really been doing this whole time. And it cuts to all these activities she's been doing and they are all, uh, other things that you can do in the Marvel cinematic universe. Like she's like messing with the note cards and then it cuts to her like in a computer room and she's got like her eyes are red and she's in a daze and she's actually like, like doing something on a computer system, you know, like she's like she's sleepwalking almost. Yeah. Like everything she's doing, she's actually doing things in the real world where she's like completely being, Ooh gosh. What if we're like seeing a full, Hmm. What if we're seeing like what happens at the beginning of multiverse of madness? Like Wanda is like, uh, creating a world and she's like creating the children and all this stuff is happening in the real world. But everything she's doing in the show is she's actually like doing in, in the real world. And it's like, there's other versions of what she's doing and we'll see like flashes between the two. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy theory. I admit it, but it's fun. And the note card, know. the note card thing kind of lends to that. It could, it could. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying it's an idea. It's fun. I'm just theory casting here. No, no. Well, like that, that kind of, that takes me to a, uh, uh, a supposition, um, or a, an observation rather. You notice in, in these episodes, like when it, it, it changes the time period, right? But with the time period change also comes a, a, a shift in the house. Like the, the stairway looks different. It's got different railing, different banisters. There's different furniture, different house, different sitcom set every time. Right. Right. And like, that's, that's great. And all if there was like, a period of time in between each episode, but it seems like they've only been here a couple of days. And like, even here, you know, Wanda got pregnant at the end of the last episode. And then in the beginning of this one, they're talking about how it's been like 12 hours, right? Like you yeah. what about your gestational period of 12 hours? Like what right. does it look like then? So the house shifts around them to be the seventies style, but they don't notice they don't take note of that. Mm-hmm. They they're focused on Wanda. Like the the house is like it shifts to seventies, and they they just act like it's it's been that way the whole time. At least, yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. Um, it's it seems to me that Wanda, in some form, like, like maybe she has uber denial going on, but she clearly knows something is wrong and something's going on because she's the one lying to her lying to everyone else and lying to herself. She's wanting to right. like live out this fantasy world. Yeah. But she, she, she clearly knows something's wrong. Vision does not seem to know uh, what like, and he's like slowly figuring it out. And the question is like, who is vision? Is he real? Is he like a real version of some form of his programming downloaded into this simulation? Or is he a complete fabrication based on her memories of him? Yeah, that was a question I've been wrestling with a lot because it, I, I had thought till now that Vision was just a projection of her, but the fact that we see that scene of Vision without her in the room starting to figure stuff out made me very confused there. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's more to Vision than simply uh, a projection from her. But, but she also has this magic that maybe she projected him and then he becomes sentient, he becomes his own thing, and he's like walking around the world... Uh, doing this. Ooh, man. Ooh, Drew in the chat just said, I think Vision could be Mephisto. I don't know. I, 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 I could totally see that if Vision seemed more in control of the situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If Vision was part of the thing that kept calling her back, but he is one of the elements in the story that seems to be pulling her off course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the, in the beginning of the episode when he was like, there seems to be something wrong here. And she's like, uh, no wait. And then he flips back. Yeah. If he were Mephisto and he wanted her to be experiencing this and going through this and tricking her, then I don't think that he would be doing that. But I, I do, for, for a second, I, I really think the, uh, the idea of that is, is a different direction they could have gone that I think is awesome. So what if each of these different 
versions of the show that we're seeing, or uh, sorry, these different time periods of the show are different verses, different parts of the multiverse, different dimensions hmm. where Wanda and Vision exist. But like, you know, it's like the Mojo World type of thing where it's just like it's a, it's a TV show. We, um, but like it, they were seeing different versions of it, and so uh, the the way that the way that I'm I'm kind of bringing this all together in my in my head is that say sword is uh doing some experimentation with uh with extra dimensional energy and multiverse right okay. they're they're trying to open up other realities or you know peering into or whatever and maybe that's why they have a television screen is they can see the other realities but they accidentally go to the dimension or the world that Mephisto lives in and he reaches out his influence and grabs Wanda and she starts to make this bubble around them where it's like they're kind of merging those other like points of those other realities into this area. It's kind of like the, this is the, 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 oh, what is it? The, the bottleneck. This is the bottleneck where all of these are starting to kind of converge and we're kind of shifting through them. And that's why, that's why the, the furniture change doesn't affect them at all. They think like it's been this way the whole time, but because she's affecting the world and they're shifting between these different verses, everyone around them is okay with the, with the, um, the, the furniture because it's been there the whole time. You know, that's how this version of them expects the world to be. But she's making the changes within each one as they shift in and out. Right. That seems needlessly convoluted way to explain all this, especially when the the characters themselves are noticing things. So so it's not like they don't notice. They do notice changes and they notice these weird uh, effects on the world. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I I don't know how. I I wonder how much they're even going to get into all of this. Like, what are the actual particulars of what's going on here? I feel like they have to, but it also feels very uh, sci-fi trippy. Like, honestly, expositiony. Like, I I feel like the only way to really explain all this is we're going to need like a Doc Brown scene where he where some, some scientist comes on or an architect scene where some scientist comes on and tells you exactly what's been going on, which is what I want. I want that so (laughs) bad. And I want it like this episode, but we didn't get it. So I don't know when we're going to get it. I'll just say that the chat is going crazy. Uh, lots of great stuff in the chat about vision. And if Wanda is fully in control, things like that, I'm not gonna be able to go into all of it. Uh, but the chat, there's so much great stuff in the chat. But one, one particular comment I wanted to read, and I apologize, I didn't get who said this. If you did, please pop up and say it in the chat. Uh, the person wrote in, my thoughts on the Facebook group, it's definitely Wanda in the driver's seat. Her not allowing Vision to start to doubt, she's not allowing Vision to start to doubt what's going on. Monica getting yeeted from mentioning Ultron, all of that. What if Vision realizes that Wanda is in control, and it's Vision who has to fight her at the end? And maybe that results in a no more mutants type thing. Hmm. I, I think that's absolutely possible. I We have from the trailers the, uh, this is our home and we're going to fight for it. So I do think that like they're going to stay together and stay a unit for a while. Uh, yep. But I could absolutely see a, 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 an ending where she's created Vision. She's created this version of Vision who is like uh, so close to the real Vision that he's better than her, if that makes sense. Like, so she ends up like, as we've talked about being sort of the villain of the piece where she's trying so hard to hold onto her reality. And then vision in the end is like, no, it's time. We, we have to let this go. We're hurting people. And, uh, and then they end Ooh, up clashing. You have to let me go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this version is not real. I'm not real. You have to let me go and let these people go. Yeah. And him oh, choosing man. him choosing to like let the simulation die, i.e. let himself die in response to the the fact that people are being hurt by them and he doesn't want to hurt people. Jay Scotty pointed out that denial is often one of the first stages of grief. And mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot because as we were talking about before, she never really had a chance to process Pietro's death. 
And so she's kind of now been in denial about one major loss, and now a second one has happened to her. And so I, I like the idea, I forget who was who said it before, but that idea that she's kind of melding Pietro and Vision in her brain a little bit in terms of their powers. Yeah. Forget about the, the lover stuff, let's put that aside. But, you know, that there's, to me, there's something really powerful here, but she just has all this grief that's been built up, and now it's all coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so in the, the story featurette that dropped on last week, Friday, uh, there's a, a point at the minute 38 mark where you can see the, the beekeeper guy crawling through the tunnel, but he's not wearing a beekeeper outfit. He's wearing a hazmat suit. And you see him kind of punch through the bubble and the bubble shifts his hazmat suit into a beekeeper outfit kind of to um, to align with Wanda's understanding of reality in the time yeah. frame that's within the bubble. Right. Uh, so that's making me lean more and more into Wanda's dreaming and someone else took control of that dream and she's warping reality because of it. Um, and Mephisto being in control of the bubble and changing whatever enters the bubble into something that fits within the time period, you know, makes a hell of a lot of sense. And her saying no is basically saying, I don't accept this. And the rewind was, wasn't actually her. It was Mephisto removing that thing that she didn't want, letting it play out in a happily ever after style in order to placate her. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like she is in control in those moments though. It seems like she is the one making those decisions. So I, I, I hear you. I don't think that that I, the idea that that's a hazmat suit becoming a beekeeper suit doesn't mean anything different to me than the helicopter becoming the toy helicopter. You know, right. like it's the same thing. Things are entering the world and they're being changed by some force. Uh, and it does seem like like the helicopter seems to be changed without Wanda's knowledge. And the beekeeper honestly feels to, seems to be changed without Wanda's knowledge as well. But I think it's less the beekeeper and more like the sword logo that she sees. Yes. Um, well, hmm. And Nathaniel um, Milnar pointed something out really interesting here. He said that the cool thing about Wanda's reality powers, Monica gets into the town and falls into the narrative. But when Monica is thrown back out of the town, she's still wearing Geraldine's clothes. Mm-hmm. So that says something mm-hmm. that it's not just Wanda is creating the perceptions Wanda is literally like changing what people are wearing and changing how people are looking. If that is Wanda doing it. That's a big deal. That's a great point. Things can remain in existence when they leave the bubble. That means the vision can leave the bubble and still exist. Possibly. Potentially. And the children. And And the children. For the children. For the children. Uh, The other thing, the other big thing that that hazmat suit scene you pointed out um, from that featurette, apparently there's a shot where that hazmat suit becomes the beekeeper suit that's in a future episode but we're theory crafting it's in a release thing um i think that also shows that they are definitely going to have an episode that goes back and tells us what happened in this timeline outside of what wanda is seeing yeah there's also there's a a part in that feature at a few seconds earlier where monica rambo is reaching like you can see behind her there's like a single agent and a single car on the roadway and she's standing in the road and reaching into the bubble and it shifts her fingertips into the black and white uh that is that's going on in like the first and second episode so like it it starts to change how she uh is is shown and she pulls her hand back Hmm. So I think that that's, that's the point at which she enters into the thing so that she can figure out what the hell's going on in there. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. So I think the, the, like to, to continue the, the theory is that Mephisto wants her to stay in this dream realm and warp reality more and more so that eventually it can get warped enough to allow him to cross the threshold. Because like you said, things that go out that are created and changed within can still exist on the outside. So that's kind of like this, this reality is a portal. It's kind of becoming a, a place where all of these uh, dimensions can cross in one space and converge. And it's almost like, um, Oh shit. It's almost like, it's almost like the, the incursions. You remember I've been talking about the incursions. That's how they can get the X-Men in. Mm-hmm. Right. And how like it's the the two realities come together and clash in the one space, and then they have to duke it out and then you know push them apart or whatever, or one of them uh, ceases to exist. Like this is that space where they're coming together, and like she's pulling the other reality in, 
and it's it's clashing here and then is probably going to get destroyed like mm. that one yeah. just related point um drew gretch pointed out agnes says her husband looks better in the dark and that's mm. um and all he could think of was so does mephisto so yeah. does mephisto yeah yeah that's a, <sighs> that's a that's a good point that's a really good point ralph is mephisto i still think ralph's mephisto um if it's Mephisto at all, like I think that's where they're going. It's from the comics. I think it's what's happening. But a lot of times in these interpretations that the MCU does, they like the same thing will happen, but they remove some of those background elements that caused it just because it gets needlessly convoluted. Like I could see yeah. this just being the story of Wanda creating this reality and then them having to decide to leave the reality. Like, that could be all it is. It could be, like, that, you know, Agnes and Herbert and all these characters are characters within the world, and, and yes, maybe Agnes has some sort of... Uh, some sort of power here. And there's the who's doing this to you, Wanda. But that's the thing, is, like, who's to say that Jimmy Woo, when he asks that, at least we're assuming, uh, that he's right. It could just be Wanda. Still, I still it could think just be Wanda. Could just be Wanda is creating a world because she, her grief has caused this. She's been through so much and she's so powerful that she's creating an entire reality. And no one knew that was a power she had until now. And she's manifesting this reality. And Sword is just trying to penetrate that reality. And all these characters like Agnes and Herbert and the Doctor, who seem to be participating or protecting this reality, are all just. Uh, people that she is puppet mastering and then it's just in the end going to be sword and probably vision facing off against Wanda to convince her to give up this reality, give up this, give up her denial so that she can move to the next stage of grief as it were. Maybe so. But then again, this is supposed to lead into Spider-Man three and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, like, directly into that. Well, those characters lead directly. We don't know that this event is going to punch a hole. That's what we've been speculating, but we don't know that. That this could be a thing that gets resolved, and then Wanda, as a character moving forward, maybe with two children in tow who are teenagers with, with superpowers, are like dealing with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Like, could just be that, that she's in that movie, and the effects of this will be in that, but it doesn't have to be that this causes that. You know what I mean? It could be. It could be. Um, it could also be that, oh, man, what if... Uh, what if it is an incursion type of thing and we're seeing other other verses crossing over in this little space, but then when they get separated, Wanda and Vision and the children go with the other reality and Doctor Strange is, is doing the multiverse of madness thing to try to go and find Wanda to bring her back. Like, you don't belong in that other reality. You belong right. here. We or, need to, to bring you back. Or the last thing we see is her children getting taken or getting pulled into the multiverse because this thing closes behind her and they, she can't retrieve them. And then he's helping her go find her children. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, Help me make these children a reality or else I'll destroy this one. <laughs> the acronym being mom. I just keep coming back to that. Like it's the multiverse of madness. The acronym is mom. It's got to have DS something mom. to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got to have something yep. to do with Wanda and her children. Um, so even, if, even if it doesn't directly, even this, this doesn't cause whatever that is. Uh, it, it, it will tie in, I think in some way with the, with the children. Be. For the children. For the children. Any other feedbacks that you uh, particularly want to point out, Matthew? Sure. And we've gone pretty long, so I'm fortunately not going to be able to read all of them. Um, but I yeah. think winning the award for the best deep cut today, Tubbyhead reminds us that in Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the framework arc, Coulson had a conspiracy that Hydra was brainwashing everyone using blue soap. He started, and oh, Coulson started wow. making his own soap because of that. Wow. Wow, Tubby Head. First off, let me say Tubby Head is a great screen name. Secondly, let me say that's a great deep cut. It's it's a it's a synthetic reality being created. Conspiracy theory by Colson, Hydra, soap. Good good job. 
deep cut of the Good day for call, sure. Oh man. Yeah, I was really impressed by that one. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. And <laughs> and that's why it looked like Tahiti in the background, because it's a magical place oh. and you gotta to escape to your own reality. They screwed up big by not having the doctor saying he was heading to Tahiti. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, and oh, th- speaking of the doctor, he did say, you know, small towns, it's hard to escape. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and he paused. That. He does seem like he is just a person who lives in Westview who is trapped there. Um, yep. So that, that seemed to really go into that. Okay, well, I guess that's about all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And um, if you, I really, I am so jealous of the chat right now. I've been just kind of glancing at the chat and it's like, there's like 30 people in there just having a blast talking about this episode. I feel like they're having a better conversation. There's just so so much going on in there. Um, (laughs) So if you want to join in on that, please join the live watches. Uh, It's at twitch.tv slash stranded panda TV. And like I said, we're trying to do every Friday at 8 a.m., we're doing a live watch at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. podcast on twitch.tv slash TV. You can go to mcucast.com and you can, we'll have a we'll have a banner that shows you how to join uh, join the um, live watches and uh, join the Twitch. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Matthew Fox. Uh, you want to throw anything out there about your uh, your your other projects? Yeah, just. All I'll say is basically all the social media for podcasting I'm doing these days can all be found under the Ethical Panda. You can look for me on Facebook or on Twitter. Great way to keep up with stuff I'm doing. There's a lot of great content coming out right now about Star Wars and the Clones Wars. Uh, Brian V. Klein and I are just about to put up an episode about the newest Star Wars book. And on the Superhero Ethics podcast, very relevant to uh, what we're doing here on MCU, Jay Scotty and I just did an episode all about Doctor Doom. And like mm. looking at Doctor Doom as an example of villains who can also be anti-heroes or maybe even heroes sometime. And a new episode is going to be coming out next week all about the Silver Age of comics and the sort of emergence of Marvel and the Marvel superheroes with Jessica Plummer, who's been my uh, comics historian. So a lot of great stuff to check out there. And just thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Sweet, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with more MCU cast. Uh, actually, not even next week. I guess Monday-ish. Uh, where I think... 10 a.m. Monday. Can you do that still? Uh, probably. I don't. I don't think I have any meetings. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, that's the plan. That's the plan currently. 10 a.m. on Monday, and check with us on the Stranded Panda chat on Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll be keeping updated. We'll try to update it on the uh, on the email this week too. So. Anyway, strandedpanda.com. You can find all the things. We're gonna be doing a feedback episode on Monday with uh, same thing on Twitch. Uh, on Monday at 10 a.m. So, yeah. Thank you for hanging out. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.